0: Welcome to the Maiden Voyage and episode one of the MattCast. My name is Matt Anderson, and I want to thank you for uh, listening and just giving us a try. Uh, even though the logo of the podcast says that this is for Christian creatives, I'd like to think that means everyone who believes in Christ. Uh, we are made in the image of God, the Bible says. So I think being creative is in our hardwiring. So what I want to do with this first podcast is to give you a sense of mission here and uh, let you know what I'm hoping to do. And we'll start with this. The art world and the church world have really been at odds with each other for centuries. Uh, This was in place before any of us showed up. I remember a number of years ago, I took a missions trip to uh, Germany and we were in a, a small city in the northwest part of the country called Norden. And our first day there, we were given a tour of the little city, but there was a, a cathedral there. It was a Catholic church. It had been built even before Columbus had sailed for America. And as we went inside, of course, there was a, a lot of beautiful craftsmanship. Um, the, the pews were handcrafted, the pulpit was off to the side and really high up, as it is in a lot of older Catholic churches, Um, beautiful stained glass everywhere we looked. But I remember our tour guide pointing out that as beautiful as the cathedral was, there were uh, actually many works of art that were torn down and smashed by the Protestants uh, in the early days of the Reformation, which would have been um, 15... Uh, 18, 15, 19, shortly after uh, Luther uh, nailed his list of theses to the door. Uh, Part of that was because with the Reformation, Protestants saw things like icons, those sort of large statues that were done in tribute to uh, sometimes certain saints. They saw them as idols, even some stained glass windows they saw as objects of, of worship, instead of God being worshiped. So in their zeal, they, they just destroyed those things. And uh, I'm not sure the art world has really trusted the church very much since then. And really, art gradually became more and more about things of earth rather than things of heaven. If you ever go to a art museum, you'll notice that uh, you'll see centuries and centuries ago, lots of paintings and things. Biblical subjects were usually what was considered art, but as I think that divide got wider and wider, you started to see artists depicting things more of earth than of heaven and um, and even though art would would even sort of reflect the beauty of God's creation, as time wore on, that gap between the church and and art became wider and wider and and, and over the last hundred years, I think politics has gotten into the mix. And boy, doesn't that just make everything better? Uh, That's a rhetorical question. (laughs) It just further divided both entities, since artists are typically on the left politically, at least here in this country, and the evangelical church is typically on the right for the most part. And I I think it's easy for us in the church to just sort of wash our hands of it at this point and just say, "Uh, I don't know, they're going to do what they're going to do. Just do your thing. But I think that's only in play if we ignore the Great Commission, because we know that the Lord has called us into all the world, and that includes the art world. And the church world is sometimes guilty of lesser quality, I would say, seemingly artistic ventures, maybe just because we say it's for the Lord. Uh, Let me give you an example from my early life. Imagine... I'm a kid, maybe 12 years old, and I'd be in church. It's a Sunday night because we did church on Sunday night back then. And uh, back in those days, you would have everyone, you know, would, uh, every service, there'd be somebody singing a solo. And uh, somebody would come on up and um, give their best effort at something. And you always knew it was going to be a painful experience if the, uh, if the soloist came up and they, they're, they're immediately issuing a disclaimer. Before the song begins, you know, and and they would they'd say things like, "You know the devil Jesus has been fighting me all week he he doesn't want me to sing this song you know, and as a kid, I'm sitting there thinking, you know what I'm not sure I want you to sing it either because you kind of knew it was just laying the groundwork of a, of a vocal train wreck, or maybe in present day you'll see the the worship band member who's kind of pulling their music five minutes before the service has Uh, begun and hasn't even rehearsed. Um, I don't know why too often in church we accept lesser quality. If anything, it should be the reverse. I I don't know why we think just showing up is okay because it's for Jesus. And the church also has a problem with some of the arts, Um, maybe less so today than when I was a kid. Um, or really the church sometimes just doesn't know what to do with the arts. Um, And I think it's something we really need to address because this is something that potentially can reflect God's beauty more than anything else. And we've really let this go too far for far too long. Now, the pressure in the art world today oh my word, it is to be as far away from God as possible. You're not going to be considered a legit artist in the art world if you do anything even remotely smacking of higher power, let alone outright calling him God. Um, and, and even further away from beauty as a whole, there is such an incredible pressure on artists today to uh, do the opposite of what it has long Want it to be, and as a former pastor who still works in the church man personally i 'm tired of losing artists to the world, specifically because they feel so disenfranchised in our church. I think it 's a hard thing for pastors to know what to do when they have artists they they don 't know how to incorporate them into what they 're doing, and they feel like oh man i 've got to start something new i don 't have time to start something new just to keep them happy. And we get kind of frustrated by that, and, and sometimes we'll abandon the whole idea. Uh, some denominations, I think, have have tried to make inroads to that. Um, um, my denomination has uh, an arts festival for teenagers, well, and, and for little kids too now, uh, every year, and in, in various categories. My word, it's all over the place. There's probably 50 to 60 some odd categories in which people can use their artistic gifts. Um, The ultimate goal of a program like that um, is that it's supposed to be that the students then do this stuff year round. It's supposed to inspire them to uh, do this on a long-term basis, not just for the event itself, but throughout the year and then hopefully throughout their life. And That doesn't always happen, though, Um, even though we ministers need to find ways of giving them an outlet to do that. So full disclosure, uh, I'm an ordained minister of a Pentecostal denomination, and at the same time, I'm privileged to sit on the board of a modern dance company. And something that I found is if you want to make an artist nervous, (laughs) have them attend a church service. If you want to make a church attender nervous, have them go to an art exhibit or a dance performance. And I've seen it happen time and time again, uh, where people are sort of faced with, and on both sides of this, and they're faced with being in this place that they've never been to before. But I think this is where we can really find something special. So we're going to do this a lot on our podcast. What we're going to do is we're going to talk really a lot to people who are doing it. Uh, Some who are in the church world, who even see preaching as an art form. I know I do. Uh, Then there are folks in the marketplace who are doing incredible art um, and who are very intentionally glorifying God in what they do. And so that's kind of what we're going to be about here on the MatCast is we're going to challenge people in the church to do what they do artistically with greater excellence, to uh, do, do it as unto the Lord. I'll do the scriptural quotation. And that should mean he's the most important audience of all. And when we do that, it gives him maximum glory, which then I think attracts people to him and to the kingdom, which is really what we want. At the same point, I'm going to challenge artists who are out in the marketplace to not hide behind cultural norms all the time and to very intentionally glorify God through their work. And so we're going to meet people who are doing that. Sometimes you're just going to hear from me. Either way, I hope it's going to inspire. I hope it's going to bring a whole new sort of flush of creativity uh, to our churches and to Christian artists all over the place that we can somehow bring this gap a little bit closer together so that it doesn't have to be the way it is. And hopefully, uh, with our help together, we can get it done.
1: St. Egregious Church, we desire your worship experience to be the best in town. And we do that by knocking down all barriers to your enjoyment of church. Whether it's that nasty doctrine stuff for challenging you to change your behavior. And now, here's our celeb, uh, Pastor Dirk Kennedy to tell us what's coming up. Bruh. We are totally crushing it here at St. Egregious, and you definitely want to join us for my new sermon series, What I Think. In this series, I will unpack issues that are affecting our country and world, and totally kill it by giving you my opinion, then finding isolated scriptures around the Bible that back it up. Dude, it's going to be totally epic. You don't want to miss a week. I'll see you this Sunday. St. Egregious is located in the old Super Kmart between the old Borders Bookstore and the old MC Sports. Service promptly begins at 11-ish. St. Egregious, because the last thing we want in church is for you to feel uncomfortable.
0: So I want to tell you about my own experience in this. I mentioned this earlier, is that if you want to make a church person uncomfortable, <laughs> throw them right into the art world, whether it's a, a modern art museum, that'll do it, uh, or in my case, going to a dance performance. I remember it was back in 2007, and I was uh, I was in the city of Cleveland for a week, and I was invited to come see this dance performance. Well, I'll be honest, that wasn't really the main feature for me. I was there because uh, a student from my youth ministry was going to be there. He was going to be filming the performance, and I was going to surprise him by showing up. And (laughs) not even thinking about what I was really walking into. And I remember I I arrived at uh, a theater on the near west side of Cleveland. This is not like walking into a big, huge uh, downtown performing arts center. Uh, This is a a very intimate space. I remember I came in and and I walked up this flight of stairs and I thought, where in the world are we going? And I walked into this, this space that held maybe just over 100 people. And suddenly it hit me, I am a stranger in a strange land. And I remember uh, being given a playbill, and uh, it was open seating, so I I sat down and um, started reading through, wondering, as a minister of the gospel, was I going to have to repent for something (laughs) I was going to see that night? Because, you know, when you're going to see modern dance, that can mean a lot of things. And quite frankly, I was nervous. I was out of my element. I was in a situation I could not control, something I don't like. I'm sure a lot of you join me on that. I started reading through the playbill before the performance, and I was looking at the different pieces that were going to be performed. And I noticed how so many of them were tied in literally with Christian literature. One of them had a direct tie-in to Scripture. I'm reading it, and this is not a Christian performance. Most of the audience, I would venture to say, did not know Christ. But here it was, just in plain black and white in the playbill. And some of these uh, pieces were related to Christian literature. And I thought, wow, I've read that book, and I've read that book. I thought, what in the world is going on here? And I looked at the list of the dancers and some of the names actually sounded familiar. They were a part of the arts festival in our denomination years ago. And I used to be in charge of that. So I recognized the names and thought, okay, what is going on here? I remember when they came out and they performed the very first piece and it was called Snow. And it was one of the most beautiful things I had ever seen in my life. And they were literally fashioning themselves into snowflakes and, and intricate designs and incredible athletic ability. And uh, there was no scandalous stuff. There was, there was nothing that was even <laughs> rated PG. It was so uplifting. It was so raising of the spirit that I was enraptured by the whole thing. And I realized I had backed myself into something very beautiful. I didn't really know much about it at the time. All I knew was I wanted to experience more of that. And a couple of years later, I ended up joining the board of the organization. And I'm still there today. What I want to encourage you to do, believer in Christ, it is good for us to be in a place in which we are not in control. I know we're scared. We're scared of what might happen around us. But around us doesn't mean to us. And it certainly doesn't mean in us. So even if we find ourselves by God in a place that we wouldn't have necessarily chosen, there must be a reason why he has us here. So don't run from the premises uh, I'm not telling us to subject ourselves to unnecessary temptation here. I am just mean, those times when we're in a place that we wouldn't necessarily choose, perhaps there's something that we're to learn. And let's remember uh, Bible-believing Christians, that when uh, people who are not part of our tribe walk into our doors on Sunday morning, they don't know how it works. They feel just like I did that night I walked into the theater they don't know what's going to happen around them or, or to them. To us, it's normal. It's normal. We go around shaking hands, hugging people. Uh, in, in my denomination's case, people come forward. We put oil on their forehead. And, and we're like, what's wrong with that? And other people are like, what kind of ritualistic thing are they doing? We just have to remember that when people walk into our place, it's very possible that they're in a place that is very foreign to them. It's not necessarily our job to explain everything, but I think if what we do is with excellence and with intentionality in Christ, it will come through just like it did that night in that theater for me. So Christian, let me just challenge you sometime in the next month or two, find a situation, literally find it, pray for it when you can put yourself in a place that is out of your control. Because that's usually where the gold is. We have to get out of our domestic sort of Christian life and we need to go to foreign lands because that's where souls are, that's where people are, that's where the learning is. So I pray you'll do that. And I want to thank you for joining us on this very first MattCast. Our music is by Sound Diffusion. We hope to see you again soon. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more info, go to mattministry.com. Thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.